Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by cricket.com.au and on today's episode we have a very, very special guest, Australia's greatest off-spinner of all time, Nathan Lyon. Mate, another test summer's over. We're here at the SCG. How do you reflect on the sixth test this year? Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was a, a good uh, ending. Obviously a tough tough start to uh, start the summer off uh, obviously with Perth and Hobart and losing to South Africa but to, uh, to bounce back and to win the next four test matches and, and especially to beat Pakistan 3-0 uh, I think that's a very, very good uh, team effort. Um, it's been exciting times, and I think Pakistan's a world-class team, so to, to come out on top 3-0 is uh, a big effort by the boys. Absolutely. I mean, you started off the test season with that 2 for 38 in the first innings in Perth, but then went through a bit of a rough patch. What was going through your mind during that spell, between that wicket and the first one in Adelaide? Well, to, uh, to be honest, I was still pretty happy with the way I was bowling. I was creating chances, but things things weren't going, going my way. Um, uh, the ball's been coming out of my hand really well um, the whole summer, I believe, and, and that's the way I feel. So uh, I, was, I was happy enough to, uh, lucky enough to get that breakthrough in Adelaide and, and get rid of the drought, I guess, but uh, then to carry on from Adelaide and, and try and play a role in, in all, all, all the games that I played in was uh, pretty, pretty special. Now, I remember you were saying that you didn't feel any extra pressure on yourself. But what was going through your mind after Hobart? The team hasn't been going well. There was that big seismic overhaul, all those changes. But what was going through your head at the end of Hobart? Uh, I looked at it as, as a challenge to stand up as a senior player and, and try and lead, lead probably off the field um, as, long, as well as on the field. But I try and do that every game I go out and play. But it was a probably good, good, uh, good period for me to, to stand up and try and help Steve and Davey off the field with the younger guys coming in, the, the new, new change and really drive in the way we train um, and, and the ethics that we go, go about going out there. So I looked at, looked at that period as a challenge for myself to go and uh, go out and, and try and uh, put my hand up as, as a leader and try and help Steve and Davey out. Yeah, talk us through about that, that big change in Adelaide. There's three young guys came in. There was like a new era of Australian cricket. And you're the most experienced player in the group. Did you sort of was there a bit of an initiation with the young fellas? How did you go about it? Uh, that was it was good. It was good fun. They brought a lot of energy to the group. Uh, a lot of excitement around training, and and obviously the game with obviously all their family and friends making the trip down. Obviously three batters, so they were all pretty well guaranteed to play to start. So they had yeah. a, they had a good lead in. To um, to Adelaide, um, and as, as a senior player, I know talking to um, the two big scary quicks and Stark and Hazelwood and and, and myself were the, probably the three senior guys in in the bowling lineup that we had to um, try and take them under our wings and uh, show them show them a little bit what it's like to play Test match cricket for Australia, and, and that's uh, also having a bit of fun off the field as well. So uh, it was good, it was good fun, it was good times, and, and the boys are going well. Can you share with us any of that stuff you did off the field? Uh, no, that's just uh, <laughs> no, nothing, nothing uh, out of the ordinary. It's just a bit of fun in the team room, a bit of banter amongst the boys, which is uh, really good. 
And so that, that test match was such a, a great turnaround from the Australian team to beat South Africa there and not uh, concede that whitewash. What was the feelings like after that test match, knowing that you've you know, started this new era on a winning note? Uh, yeah, it was crucial. I think it was, I didn't sing the song for about nine months or something, so it was pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty important to go out there and sing the song and to, uh, for those guys to start on a winning. I know uh, Matty Renshaw and, and Petey Hanscom, they're, they're four from four. They don't know what it's yeah. like to lose one yet, but uh, hopefully we can keep that trend going. But uh, um, it was pretty important for us as Australian cricketers and to get the fans uh, a win. Uh, they're very loyal fans and we're very lucky to have a lot of those guys on, on our side. Uh, then to get, finally get them a win and get them to start cheering around a little bit was, uh, was uh, good fun. Now we've got a bit of a zoo developing in the Australian team. We've got the bull, the goat and the turtle. Talk us through Matty Renshaw and sorry how I got the name of Dave Warner said that he comes out of his shell, uh, he goes back into his shell when the leaders are around. But uh, did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I was, a, I was the one that started calling the turtle because <laughs> uh, he's, he's head, uh, we've known about Matty Renshaw about being quite chirpy and his head comes out at Queensland fair way. But uh, when he's around Davey Warner and Steve Smith, his head head seems to go back down. He's quite, <laughs> quite uh, he's quieter around the group. So uh that's where the turtle nicknames come out, but uh, especially after scoring under an 80 here, the the head's definitely popped popped out a little <laughs> bit more in the change room. He's starting to be his uh, natural self. Now, I remember we're just sitting outside the SCG Nets here. I remember on that day after he scored that 100, he got a standing ovation from all the fans here and, and the players. He certainly must have been very confident by then. Uh, yeah, the, that, that's when the head was probably out the most. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a good kid. He played exceptionally well here. Um, I'm a big fan of the way he goes about his cricket, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching him develop over the next few years. So you got 11 wickets against Pakistan, and I know the commentators, especially Shane Warne and Mike Hussey, were saying they were really impressed about your line outside off stump, uh, looking to hit that rough to the right-handers. How did that develop? Um, by them playing three, a couple of left armers obviously helps, but uh, and with Starkey playing, and uh, that's that's I'm I'm trying to spin the ball as much as I can. To, to try and hit hit the stumps. Uh, if I don't do that, I'm not not doing my job. So, if I can go out there and try and spin the ball, and I, I was happy with the way I bowled all summer, but especially in in Brisbane, uh, in Melbourne and Sydney here, I'm getting a little bit more assistance off the wicket, uh, which obviously builds your confidence up. So, uh, I was happy with the way they were coming out, especially here in Sydney, and to get a couple of, to uh, spin back was quite nice. Now, I want to dig a little bit deeper into some of your test wickets, if you'll allow me, Nathan. Uh, the first one is JP Dumini in Adelaide. You bowled him, but it was more the setup to that delivery that really um, undid JP. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it now. Uh, yeah, a couple of... Uh, it was more of a, a slider one to, to go straight on. Uh, I was lucky enough to hit the top of off stump. But, uh, yeah, the lead-up is all, all about uh, trying to work out a batsman and trying to draw, draw in, uh, them into playing a full shot. So I was pretty happy with the way the lead, that lead-up come, in, come into uh, JP, JP's uh, wicket. Now, in Melbourne in the first innings, uh, I don't know if you knew about this, but there's going to be a world record chant on the third delivery that you were going to bowl that day, the big nice Gary chant, but you, you, killed, it. It. you <laughs> killed it because you took a wicket. Now, that was uh, to Sammy Aslam, caught a first slip. In terms of a right-arm off swing to a left-handed batsman, is that the perfect dismissal? Uh, yeah, it's close to it. Yeah, I was, all the boys were well aware of uh, nice Gary being yelled out uh, on the third ball. Uh, I was, all I was con- concerned about not bowling short and getting hit for six and everyone yelled out nice nice Gary but I was lucky enough to uh, bowl, bowl a pretty good ball and, uh, and lucky enough Smudger held on to it first slip and uh, 
it was uh, pretty good. It was an amazing atmosphere and all the boys were all pretty excited as well. What was it like in the huddle after that? Uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was really good. It was, it was loud. That's one thing. The MCG was loud. So it was, uh, that's why you play cricket, to, to experience those moments and that those moments you'll, you'll keep for the rest of your career. Just on that nice Gary stuff, can you believe how big it's become? Uh, it's massive. Oh, I know my two little daughters, you know it's stuck when they're going, walking around the house saying, nice Gary. So, <laughs> so it's stuck. So uh, it, it's good fun. It's, it's providing a lot of humour in the change room. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So oh, I'm all for it. Is there pressure on Wadey now to come up with a signature cry for every bowler he, he keeps to? No, no, I think that one's just stuck. It, it's hard because uh, he's back to the quicks and he's usually, usually up the stumps for me or well, he's all the time, so... It's, uh, when you've got the stump mics turned up pretty high, that, that you're going to hear those little things. So he, he's good to, uh, good to bowl to, and he's, he's a good one to have in your team. And the final ball I want to talk about is the one to Wahab Riaz here at the SCG. If, if that Sami Azamon was a perfect to a left-hander, surely the one that bowled through the gate of Wahab was perfect for a right-hander. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's a technique book. Uh, best off his uh, ball I've probably had to bowl in a, in a long time to uh, get that result was uh, pretty good. A bit disappointing it wasn't Eunice Khan or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'll, I'll I wasted her on Wahab. Yeah. Okay, so Australia's next test assignment is in India. You've been there before, 2013. You played in Sri Lanka recently. What have you learned from those trips? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a massive challenge. It's probably, we're going to have to probably uh, play a different brand of cricket uh, to what we're used to playing out here in Australia. But that, that, saying that, we have to go out there and back our skill, yeah, whether, whether that's with the bat, ball and the field, we have to go out and do all things well. Um, I'm going to have to look at, look at my game and I'm going to really focus on the way Ashwin has uh, he uh, planned his day out. Yep. Um, I'm doing a lot of footage work now in, in lead up to, to uh, India, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm still learning and I'm, hopefully I can take my past experiences over to India and, and go on from there and, and and compete. I think that's a big thing for Australia. If we can go over there and compete and fight hard, um, who knows? Yeah, what about Ashwin in particular are you looking at? Uh, just the way he sets up his, uh, his overs to left-handed, right-handers, well, the speeds he's bowl, the trajectory he bowls, uh, the different variations he bowls. Uh, he's obviously a world-class spinner over there in those conditions. Uh, so if I can try and take a bit of uh, knowledge out of just watching him, uh, I'm more than happy to uh, try and put that into place. Now, a lot's been made about you bowling with a lot of overspin and some of the guys over there, like Harath in Sri Lanka, he bowls a lot of side spin. Is that something you've been working on? Uh, yeah, it's something I'm going to have to look at. Um, I know my, my traditional probably off-spin doesn't work as effective over there, but I still believe that your strength is your strength and you shouldn't go away mm. shouldn't shouldn't go too far away from it so I'm going to have to bring in a couple of different variations of uh, my trajectory of, on, on my off off breaks but uh, I'll, I'll still will be bowling my my uh, typical stock ball as well because I, I, I still believe that my best ball will get anyone out in the world um, but I'm going to have to uh, be adaptable and, and, and to move forward Sri Lanka played with three spinners in that series. Australia went in with two, yourself, and then a left armour. Okay for Holland. Going over to India, do you think the two spinner, two fast bowling, and the sort of pace bowling all around it is the right combination? Or would you like to get a bit more assistance from another turner? Uh, no, I actually think the, the two quicks are batting all rounder, whether, whether that's um, a, a fast bowler or a spinner. And, and two lead, lead spinners, I think, uh, 
is brilliant. You've got Steve Smith who can bowl leg spin. Yep. He's quite handy at that. Um, so you've already, already got three spinners there if you go in with two spinners and smudger. Um, so I, I believe if you go in with two quicks, two spinners and, and a bowling all-rounder, a generally fast all-rounder to give the likes of Starkey, Hazelwood or Birdie a rest, um, then and I'm, I'm all for that. And then you, you put the responsibility on your two main spinners to get the job done. Now England just went over there and got beat pretty comprehensively and they mixed up their lineup a lot over there. I don't think they fielded the same 11 in back-to-back tests at all over there. Um, did you take any notice of that series? Uh, yeah, I watched that series quite closely, uh, especially to see how Mo and Ali and these guys were bowling to Virat and all the, all the big boys over there. So it's, it's going to be a big big challenge for us. But as I said, if, as Australian, if we can go there, compete, compete hard and be adaptable with the conditions um it's going to be outside our comfort zone which is it's going to be good for development and if we can go over compete hard play hard and and fight hard well uh, who knows what will happen and it's been such a a final frontier i think that australia's only won two series over there since man landed on the moon back in 1969 that was did that happen they were 35 (laughs) years apart those two test series wins so do you go over there with kind of a mindset of of nothing to lose i mean i know there's a lot of belief in the camp but in asia and in indian camps they probably don't think you guys can win. But do you guys have a sort of a nothing-to-lose attitude? Uh, yeah. You have to go there and, you have to go over there and believe that you can win. If yep. you can't, that's one of the rules when you put the baggy green on. You look at Melbourne Test Match. We walked out there last day believing that we could win mm. and we pulled it off. So if we go over to India and believe that we can if we can win, it's, yeah, it's going to be hard to win 4-0. Yep. I'm not going to say we're not going to do that, mm. but it's going to be very difficult. But if we can go out there and believe that we can win from any situation playing cricket for Australia, then we'll, we're in, heading in the right direction. Um, as I keep saying, it's a massive challenge. And, or I, I believe we have to be adaptable, play outside our comfort zone and uh, compete hard. Now Steve O'Keefe, he's going over there and he's going to be rested from the Sixers to prepare for that tour. Is that something that was put to you? Uh, no, I want to play for the Sixers. I enjoy playing the BBL. Uh, I think Sox, uh, Sox wants to get a little bit more red ball cricket in. Um, so I think Sock played about three or four big bash games before the last test. So yeah. I think uh, I think he's doing his best prep for India. Um, I know I'll get my best prep in India. I know I've got a two-week camp in, in Dubai leading into uh, a test tour to India. So there's going to be a lot of, lot of cricket being played, but uh, it's uh, exciting times. On to the Sixers. They're flying at the moment, Gaz. Uh, third on the table play the Thunder here on the weekend, they might go to first place if results go their way. What's the feeling around the camp like? Oh, it's good. They're, they're a good bunch of guys. I really enjoyed coming back here. Uh, I enjoy coming, putting the men gender on them, going out there and playing for the Sixers. Um, it's, a, it's a great vibe and the boys have been playing really well. So hopefully we, there's a big crowd here turned out on Saturday night to watch the Sydney Thunder and us run around. But uh, if, we, if we play some good cricket, hopefully we can come out on top and, and book in our final berth. Can you just believe how far the Big Bash has come? I mean, you made your debut in the old Big Bash. Now, can you just imagine how it's coming in those six or seven years since then? Uh, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, it it's brilliant. I, as players, we love playing in front of big crowds, um, and all the crowds like to see the big boundaries and, and wickets taken. So uh, hopefully I don't get hit for many boundaries <laughs> and take some more wickets, but uh, we'll just go out and have some fun. For the Sixers, Sean Abbott's leading the comp with 13 wickets, and Daniel Hughes has been in sparkling touch. But like it has been in other successful seasons for the Sixers, it just seems to be a really team effort. Well, that's the thing. It takes a squad to win the BBL title. So uh, if we can go out and keep playing well, 
as a group, train well, train well tomorrow, um, come out and play well as a unit and, and, and have one or two guys put their hand up for a winning match performance and then we're heading the right way. But yeah, it does take 11 guys, uh, more than 11 guys, take the 15 guys in the squad to uh, win, win BBL titles. So uh, we're preparing well um, and we just need to go out there and play well now. Now, T20 cricket certainly is a young man's game. We've got lots of your old teammates going around. It's Johnson, Brad Haddon, Shane Watson. They're all doing pretty well. All the old boys. Are you excited to see them still going around? Uh, yeah, not not excited to bowl to Watto, but uh, <laughs> no, it, it's it's really good to see the old fellas running around. So uh, they're, they've been great for Australian cricket. They're Australian cricket legends, so more more chance of Australian public can watch those boys play. And on the and on on the other hand, the younger guys, if they can see and learn off the guys, older guys who've played the game so well for Australia. And then Cricket Australia's heading in the right direction, I believe. How's Hads going around that group? Is he passing on all those uh, life experiences, both on and off the field, to the group? Uh, yeah, if he stops taking the mickey out of me, he'll be all right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm good mates with Bradley, and uh, it's, it's good to be back bowling to him. Mitch Johnson, he's bowling as fast as ever over there in the West at the furnace for the Scorchers. Now, Australia's got that T20 series against Sri Lanka. When the Test team is over there in India... Do you reckon Big Mitch should come out of retirement and put on the Aussie colours one more time and give a bit of experience to that group? It's going to be full of just inexperienced Big Bash players. Uh, yeah, it was not not the worst shot. Um, oh no, Mitch, Mitch is probably probably won't want to do it. But uh, he, yeah, if, I'm sure if he got asked to come out of retirement, he might might consider it. But uh, he's a world class superstar. Uh, he's one of my very good mates, and uh, it's good to see him back playing. I think it'd be great to see him with all the young guys around this country. He's got JL as a coach. Ricky Ponty's going to be there. Jason Glesser's going to be there. It'd be a bit of a, a throwback, a back to the future kind of uh, scenario. You might as well bring back Watto and Hadson as well. <laughs> Let's look ahead. We don't want to get too far ahead ourselves, but if the Sixers are going to be in the BBL final, who do you reckon they're going to face? Uh, I think it'll be the Scorchers or the Brisbane Heat. I think they're very two talented sides. You look at... Uh, the Scorchers, they've got uh, a team full of superstars with you, especially a heap of young kids coming through. But you look at the way Brennan McCullum leads the uh, Brisbane Heat and they're playing with a lot of freedom and, and giving their players a lot of, uh, love, lot of support. So uh, they can come out and be very, very dangerous. So uh, I think it's out of those two. Straight take on Pakistan in the one day is a bit of a new team. We've got Chris Lynn in there, big Billy Stanlake there. What are you expecting out of that series? Uh, I think it's going to be a, it's be a close contest. Actually, I think Pakistan play play some really good cricket lately, so I'm expecting them to put up big challenge for Australia. But I still think Australia will um, will win this series with um, pretty comfortably. Hopefully, um, I think with the new players, Chris Chris Lynn in the middle order will be quite dangerous. And big Billy Stanlake, if he gets his go, oh, I know talking to Starkey last night, there wasn't too many guys wanting to uh, get in the nets and face a big fella. So. Um, if he gets the opportunity, hopefully he goes well. Are you just amazed, like the rest of the country is, with the ability of Chris Lynn and his ability to just hit sixes? Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not bowling to him. So it's good <laughs> to see the selectors pulled him out of the BBL, to be honest. So, no, he's a he's a good guy. Uh, he's an unbelievable cricketer, and he's one of the, he hits the ball further than anyone I know. Well, Gaz, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. I appreciate it as always. Good luck in the BBL and then India later on. Thanks, Sammy. That's it for today's episode. Big thank you to Nathan Lyon there. We'll be back next week. But until then, for all your BBL, WBBL and Victoria Bitter ODI series, news, scores and video, head to cricket.com.au.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.